Hey guys, it's Brianna, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Christina. Hi, everyone. And you are listening to Oh Brother, your favorite Big Brother podcast. Listen as we discuss all of the alliances, backdoors, and twists you love to watch. Christina is back this week. Christina, how was your little vacation? It was much needed, much needed, but I'm happy to be back. I know you were like totally off the grid for a while. So did you have any Big Brother withdrawals? Yeah, I missed three episodes and I was like, oh my God, I can't go online. Not that I had service, but I was like going nuts over there. And you had like the, and it was like the most dramatic week, of course, the one week that you didn't right? have, <laughs> didn't have access to anything. I like ask you to recap and you're like, there's so much. I was like, like, no. I was like, where do I begin? Oh goodness. So we left off um, last week with Kaser's eviction and mm-hmm. there's kind of some aftershocks from yeah. him leaving where they're all kind of just like sweating over his little eviction speech. And I thought that was hilarious that they all took it like so seriously and personal. Yeah. It just made me laugh. Um, Especially more specifically that love triangle comment. Oh my God. Because he very, like everybody who watched that, including the people in the house understood that he was talking about game and like an alliance the only people that didn't seem to understand that he was talking about a love triangle alliance were the people he was speaking about which i think kind of makes them look more suspicious like danny was pissed that he said that because she was like oh what if dom sees it and i wanted to say well if you're worried about dom seeing it then maybe you feel guilty about flirting with cody all the time like it was just such a weird like, why would you take it personal unless you felt like it was true? I honestly think that Danny was the only one really, like, taking it that way. I feel like Cody was kind of like, okay, that was weird. Yeah, I saw I saw some clips on feeds where he was like, I hope Christy doesn't see that or something like that. Yeah, like, I think Cody knew what Kaser meant, but he knows that it could have been interpreted a different way. Like, Danny took it that way. Mm-hmm. But he's hoping, I hope Christy, like, you know, doesn't take it that way. But I think she knows what he meant. Yeah, I think Nicole is kind of like, whatever at this yeah, point. Yeah, she didn't seem to care. I just thought it was funny that, like, Kaser very clearly was talking about game, and they were all like, that was disrespectful. Yeah. Was like, relax, oh, relax. It was what she said afterwards that I just, I thought it was so rude. Yeah, what did she say? It was classless and something else. You are, um, I've never said a bad word about you. You are tasteless and disrespectful. Never said a bad word about him until now. Disrespectful and tasteless. I vote to evict Kaser. Oh and then gosh. she said something like, it's because everybody loves me and nobody loves you. That's why you're home. And I'm like, why are you like taking it so super personal? It's a game. Yeah, she's relax. been, you know, the gardener, as Enzo would say. And she's yep. been doing basically what Casey was doing, just not as direct. Yeah, they're they're mean. just they're just mad that he was right about exactly. pretty much everything that he said. So we also see the fallout from the HOH competition because it seems like the Slick Six Alliance is dead, RIP, because everybody threw shots at each other. Like, Cody threw shots at Davon, um, Danny put Davon and Bailey up against each other, and they were all just kind of going back and forth, putting each other up there to compete against each other. And it just very clearly showed where everyone's loyalties lie, and it 
was pretty yeah. clear that the Slick Six Alliance was nobody's like number one alliance. Everybody in, in the Slick Six had a, a secondary or even more than that other alliance mm-hmm. and or final was, two or something well that was even proven when cody and enzo were talking and he's like oh like there's another alliance he goes okay like he had other alliances yeah. like he don't care enzo was like uh yep okay moving on like he's I like do yes i don't he, care he's like it's big brother enzo is like the perfect in my opinion the perfect jury member like if yes. you 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 want a jury full of enzos because they don't like he, never he just doesn't care vote. he's very unbiased he kind of like he doesn't care about yes. about like if you're in multiple alliances he doesn't care about like getting his care. yeah like his feelings hurt so i think that like he um, understands it's a game and he looks at it the way that i want to say like derek would look at things where yeah. he's like you know what that's a good game move you know like like more scientifically than yeah. emotionally I think Enzo, honestly, when Enzo was saying that Cody and, what was it, Cody and Tyler were his top two, Mm -hmm. I honestly think that Tyler or Cody, mainly Cody, would never cross Enzo anytime soon at all. I think that that would be a good, strong, like, final three. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I just feel like all of them know that each other don't cause drama. I mean, other than Tyler this week, but... (laughs) They don't as long as Tyler, drama, Tyler they're, doesn't they're chicken good out at again. Comps. Exactly. They're good at comps and they kind of are like, okay, like I know that you won't kind of blow up the house whenever, whatever happens. But it's like a safe bet, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I think the three of them, if they stick together, would probably be able to make it to the end. Oh, definitely. So everything is in, at, like insane at this point because nobody knows where anybody else stands. And then there's the BB basement twist where they play this competition in the dark and they're calling it the bb basement but nicole might call it the bb strip show considering she lost her whole pants like she stepped in that goo and her pants just disappeared and i was cracking up at enzo being like i was walking around in the dark and then all of a sudden i heard nicole screaming that she had no pants on well because it's funny because like you said like when I was watch, I watch it with my mom because I got her into Big Brother, and she was laughing, but she was like, "I don't get how like everybody's re- why is everybody reacting to it?" And I'm like, "You have to think. You have like sensory dep- deprivation. Is that what it's called? In that challenge, you can't see anything, and you're focused on touching and hearing things. And when that's happening, all of a sudden you hear, "I have no pants. Oh my god! You're kind of like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, how did she lose her pants? Was it?" from this competition what is going on here so i thought it was hysterical that she didn't even know what was happening and she was like you know what i'm just gonna take them off now because i'm stuck yep i mean it worked for her and she's lucky it was a dark competition because then nobody had to see her walking around in her underwear right this competition looked really really difficult like you said it's like complete sensory deprivation so you're just like bumbling around in the dark and the part that like made me so annoyed was when Bailey had yes. the right one, the right podium. It was just slightly too big. And I was I like, was so that would have pissed me off so bad if I were her. Like it was almost the exactly correct thing, just slightly too large. Yeah. Like I was never, you know, from the beginning, I've made it clear that I was not really that excited to see Bailey on this season, mm-hmm. but I have to admit, I was telling my mom this too. I have to admit, I have been very pleased with how Bailey has been playing this game so far. I think her and Devon were in a great position. They were doing good. And 
you know, we know how that ended up. We'll get to that later. But I was very sad for her. I was actually root. I found myself rooting for her in this competition. I was like, oh my God, go. And I was very sad when it didn't work out. RIP. But we do know that David makes a major comeback because in his first season, he got kicked off the show in a, Mm -hmm. in the dark comp. So he came to conquer (laughs) and he did, he got the disruptor power and this power allows you to disrupt an HOH reign by secretly saving one of the nominees and forcing the HOH to name a new one. I was kind of hoping David was going to use this and like like we said, we'll get to it a little bit later. I was kind of hoping David was going to use his power when Bailey and Devon were nominated. However, I do see why he didn't because I think there's a high chance he's going to either, there was a high chance he would have been put up and Mm -hmm. there's also a high chance that he will be put up in the next few weeks, even as a pawn, and then he'll have the opportunity to use it. So, Yeah, I think he knows that, Memphis and that majority of the house all are working together. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's going to go up. And I think he knows it's a better chance that I will most likely or more likely get nominated in the future weeks so I can be behaving for myself, which mm-hmm. I get. Exactly. No, I agree with that. Um, again, I was a little disappointed, but at the same time, yeah. for David's game, I think it made sense. It was a smart move. Um, then Danny got the replay, and it cool. allows an HOH to play back-to-back HOHs, and it was for the current HOH or the next two. So she could have used it on Christmas or the following two HOHs. She was like, I don't know if you saw it on feeds, but she was like crying, saying that she didn't want her punishment because she didn't think it was a good one, and she didn't think she was going to be able to win any competitions. And I was like, you don't stop want being punishment? ungrateful. I mean, her, her, sorry, oh, okay. her power. And I was like, stop being ungrateful. Like, you literally got a power. Why are you not Wait, excited? Why did she not want it? Because she thought it was like a useless power. Like, she thought she, she was so excited to see what it was. And then when she found out it was a replay, she was bummed. And I wanted to be like, this is the best power because you don't get any, like, it's not one that requires much blood on your hands. I get, yeah. I, no, I totally agree. I think that any power is better than no power but yeah I and plus you know that you there's only two others you know like yeah, that you get, have one i get why she'd be a little like oh, okay like it's not the best power for my game mm-hmm. i mean it's not a bad power you can always compete but i think if it were to go to like david or bailey and day or ian or kevin that would have been more useful to their game yeah just because true. of the whole minority majority mm-hmm. numbers but I think if it were the dis- like maybe the disruptor power or even what was the other power again? Uh, the blocker. Or the blocker. I think one of those would have been maybe more useful to her. So God forbid someone did go up. Yeah, that's true. But I just but thought I, she was being a little brat she, about it. Yeah, she shouldn't be ungrateful for getting a power. Like, right? Like be excited. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Towards the end of the competition. And I, I think a lot of people judged her for this, for this uh, strategy, but I thought it was actually kind of smart and I'll tell you why, but... Towards the end of the competition, Davon decided that her new strategy was there's a very little chance I'm going to find any of these pieces in time because someone probably already has it. So my plan, I'm going to stand by the podium. I'm going to block the podium with my hands. I'm also going to pick up any of this, the discarded um, pieces to see if maybe somebody accidentally thought they didn't have it and couldn't fit it when that. really it does fit. So she's sitting there doing that. And people were t- talking on Twitter, basically being like, what is Davon doing? But 
the other day I was watching feeds and she was talking to the cameras and she said her, the whole point of her doing it was not necessarily because she thought she was going to get the power. The point of doing it was what she ended up doing was by blocking it, she was forcing the people around her to speak out loud. And so she was like, yeah, so she was like, I know Christmas has one power because I wouldn't let her get in my way until she said something out loud, like, hey, move or whatever. So she's like, I heard her speak and then I moved out of the way and then the power got taken. So she's like, I know Christmas has it. And I thought that was so smart of her. It like very smart. People I don't normally think that way. Yeah, I never would have thought of that. So I think I think people like that, like Davon, like when they think like that, they get very underestimated by the rest of the house or audience or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Because until you unless you watch like live feeds or their interviews or whatever, you don't understand their logic. Yeah, you wouldn't just, know that that was her her Exactly. You look point. at her like, what is she doing? Like, is she okay? Like she kind of dumb. And then you think of their logic and you're like, that's very smart. Even mm-hmm. though you didn't get one because you knew that possibly you probably wouldn't get one. She did what she did. And now she knows one person has power. Exactly. So I thought that was pretty smart of her, to be honest. Um, so Christmas obviously got the blocker power and her power um, was to prevent yourself or someone else from being a replacement nominee at veto. And it has to be before the HOH names the replacement. That one's kind of tricky. I feel like it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those ones where like you could use it, and then the person wasn't even trying to name that person as a replacement. Um, It's good for the next three veto meetings. I honestly can't see that one getting used, but at the same time, I feel like Christmas has the personality where she's like, if I got a power, I like have to use. Like I feel like she'd be the one who would really want to use it. So. I don't know if she's going to, but I mean, you never I know. Davon could win head of household, and she tries to backdoor Christmas, or God forbid, she doesn't, and Christmas does feel at an unease. Mm-hmm. Since Davon can't play, there's a big possibility Christmas wouldn't be put up by anybody else, right? So I think she would probably use it if Davon were to win. That's true. So maybe she'll save it for now. I couldn't see her using it anytime soon. No, me either. And then we get to the part where like. So the competition's over. Everybody's speculating on who got powers. And these people cannot keep a secret to save their lives. Right. Christmas immediately tells Tyler about her power. Danny immediately tells Nicole about her power. And David was the only smart one, the fucking rookie, that didn't tell anybody about his power. And I think he made the perfect decision by not telling anyone. 100%. I think David is the only smart one not telling everybody. Even if you had a final two... You wouldn't want to tell right away Mm -hmm. because God forbid something happens. Not to say you shouldn't trust your alliances, but you never know in the game. You don't know who they're going to slip up and tell or whatever. And, and, you know, God forbid they're in a pickle. They think you're going to use it on them. Like there's so many possibilities and stuff. Yeah. So many factors to think about. And I understand that David doesn't really have a final two or anything. He has friends or alliances in the game, but not strong ones or really credible ones mm-hmm. as of right now. So I think he also doesn't have as much of that feeling of like, you know, when you get a secret and you really want to tell your friends, Yeah, exactly. he doesn't have as much of an urge, I should mm-hmm. say, since he's not super close with anyone in the game. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So I think David made the correct decision. However, yes. he is really bad at like, he, I feel like most of the time when someone has a power, they're the one who's 
tends to ask around and be like, who do you think has the power? Because they don't want you to think it's them. And David was doing that too much. Like he went to Tyler at one point and I don't think this was in the episode, but I saw it on feeds. He went to Tyler and he was like grilling Tyler. Like, oh, like, I know you got a power. You don't have to tell me. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, but just use it on me if you can, blah, blah, blah. And Tyler was like, (laughs) Tyler was like, David, I literally don't have a power. And David was like, it's fine. You don't have to tell me like, um, I know you do, blah, blah, blah. And then Tyler obviously started getting the idea that like maybe since he's grilling me so hard about it, he was like, maybe you have a power. And David was like, I don't have a power. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So he technically didn't tell Tyler, but I think Tyler's probably kind of suspicious of him now because he was grilling him so hard. I think David's just very bad at lying or bluffing and stuff like that. Because remember a couple weeks ago when they were, oh, what were they asking him? Who'd you vote for? And he goes, oh, yeah. huh? Who goes, what? <laughs> Everyone was like, Who'd you vote for? And he goes, what do you mean? He's like, for president? I'm confused. Like, oh my God. Like this dude, I think <laughs> sometimes he kind of does like, you know how Memphis is where he kind of just doesn't think sometimes? Uh, yeah. And everyone thinks they're throwing stuff or they're doing stuff on purpose. I think he both does it on purpose and doesn't mean to do it on purpose. And mm-hmm. then people, no matter what, think, okay, this dude's like really bad at this game. Yeah. It was a, a strange... I think he's just such a genuine guy. He he can't lie or bluff or, or you know, he doesn't he, get the he whole tries. Manipulation. He tries. Yeah. just doesn't work for him. Um, so moving on, we get to this conversation between Bailey and Danny. And Bailey at this point is basically explaining the fallout that they had and saying that she's basically heard that Danny was targeting them and that, she was a little bit confused as to why Danny threw them up together during the HOH competition. And poor Enzo walks in at the wrong time because he gets like kind of pulled into their little, not fight, but their little conversation. And Bailey so was funny. like, did she or did she not, or have you or have you not been hearing this? And Enzo was like, he just like got put between a rock and a hard place. So he just kind of had to be like, well, yeah, like I've heard it, but like, I'm not getting involved. I don't blame him. I think that was the best for his game where he's like, like, I mean, I was, when I was watching it, my mom goes, he shouldn't have said anything. And I go, honestly, I think that like he's smart. And he would have looked shady to both of them. Had he not said anything. I think, I think he's not close enough with Danny. I don't think like they are what in an alliance or something or I don't even I can't even keep them all straight I don't even know if they're in the slick six technically but by that point the slick six was dead so yeah I think Enzo didn't dis like I think Danny was a little aggravated at him but I don't think she was aggravated at him specifically I think she was just more worried about herself Mm -hmm. but um I think that was smart of Enzo to be like I'm not getting involved I did hear something but I don't know yeah he said he heard something but he didn't say it was true yeah that's true. But, and he can't lie because when Danny said to him, why'd you say that? He was and like, well. He could have said this as if he had time to think about it. Right. And he's like, I'm not getting involved. And I think she kind of understood that afterwards. She was like, okay, like he's not in this. Like, yeah. So that whole conversation kind of starts to put Tyler in a rough spot. And this yeah. is where we get some of the fallout that happens in the Wednesday episode. However, We finally get to the nomination ceremony and Christmas decides to nominate Bailey and Devon. And her reasoning for this is because- Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's trash. Is because Bailey and her had a conversation 
and Bailey felt like she could trust Christmas and she said to Christmas, hey, do you have anybody who's untouchable? And the reason Bailey was asking her this question was so that they could mutually protect their, the people that they were working with. Like, I think Bailey was asking Christmas who her untouchable was so that she knew to protect that person. Like, oh, she wasn't Bailey going after 100% that person. 100% what Bailey meant. Oh, she yeah. 100% what the, the energy of that conversation was, what Bailey meant. She knew she wasn't going after Danny or her friends. You mean Christmas? After she said, do you have... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> she knew she was going at she was going into that conversation trying to work out like them to work together mm -hmm. very clear with that she even says that saying i love bailey i wanted to work with her blah 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 she knew bailey wanted to work with like, her but we haven't had any formal game convos and i'm like that well the, the reason convo yeah, christmas the reason you're putting her up is because of a formal game combo the two of you because, had but what irked me the most was that when she said, do you have any untouchables? It's not like Bailey just went, mine's Dave on. Mm -hmm. Christmas literally said, Will you tell me you yours go first, first mm -hmm. as if she was going to tell her hers right after her. And then she didn't. And she said, oh, well, it's Dave on. Mm -hmm. She didn't say it like, it's Dave on. Like she said it like, oh, like me and her work together. She didn't even I say Dave on's name. She just like she said, gestured towards her bed. She was like, you know who it is. And she like gestured towards Davon's bed and Christmas was like, oh, okay. That's as if Christmas were to say like, oh, you know who my final so-and-so is? Someone who she was wicked close to. And I was like, it's obvious to everybody that Davon and Bailey, like if not, we're working together. We're good friends. friends. Yeah, exactly. So you can't be shocked when she gestured towards that. Yeah. So for Christmas to kind of try to pull that and manipulate it and make it seem like, oh, she let it slip. I'm going to use that as a game move. No, she, it's as if two people were talking and you were both were working together and said, okay, how can we help each other? And then you took that and threw them under the bus, threw them under the bus. And that's what Bailey and Devon were saying. And mm -hmm. Christmas, I think was just trying to protect herself and trying to manipulate the situation in any way possible to other people and was trying to find any excuse somewhat liable yeah put her up and i think she honestly just didn't want any more blood on her hands even though that didn't work out i the thing that bugged me the most was not so much that like christmas used that information against bailey no it wasn't a very nice thing to do but again this is big brother and like if you tell people information they're going to use it against you the thing that bugged me was the way she went about it like yeah all week she cried she cried when she made the nomination she played the victim she said how badly she wanted to work with them then she said they had no game conversations when they yeah, literally like, did then yeah, she that's said the reason you put her up <laughs> yeah then she said we weren't working together but um i really wanted to work with her but then when she told me that her untouchable was davon i realized that i was never going to be her number one blah 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 and i'm like but you just said you never had any game conversations. Yeah, how her. could you be someone's number one if you never one never had game combo? Two weren't even working with them. Yeah, so so what do you want her to say? One or, yeah, it's one or the other. You can't put someone up and say this is the reason, and then play the victim all week long and say you didn't want to put them up, you didn't want HOH, blah blah blah. No, just own what you've done exactly. and move on and say, oh, this is Big Brother. This is this is what happens. Whatever, fine. But instead, she played the victim. She tried to backtrack. Mm -hmm. and she got herself in a big old mess. I think a lot of people really kind of put two and two together of what happened, but they didn't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to be 
involved in all of that drama. Sorry, I'm tired. Anyway, I think people really understood the actual situation. And I did truly feel bad for Bailey and Devon because to me, I mean, just in my opinion, I don't think they really did anything wrong. Devon was trying to explain to her, this is how Bailey feels. And then Mm -hmm. Christmas goes, you don't understand. Or she said like, you don't, like that can't, like she's basically trying to invalidate how Bailey feels. And Mm Devon goes, I'm not telling you what happened. I'm telling you how she feels. Right. And you have to It's not like a factual thing. You have to respect, like, even if you don't respect it, that's how she feels. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you like what I believe happened. We're telling you how she's reacting Mm -hmm. to whatever happened. And she's making it seem like she's in the wrong for feeling upset. But yeah, she can be upset because Bailey's upset. Like I don't. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Not at all. So at this point, I think that like Bailey and Devon kind of feel like they've been backed into a corner, but they've still got um, the veto competition. They still have got some game to play. So this is when Devon has a conversation with Danny and Nicole in the have not room. And they kind of come to the conclusion that Tyler is a little bit to blame for pitting the girls against each other. Um, he threw Danny's name out to Bailey and Devon. I think here's what I think. Tyler gave Danny's name to Bailey and Devon to let them know, Hey, Danny's talking about wanting to target you guys, which was true. However, he brought it to them like way too soon. And I think that it was early on in the game when people were still kind of figuring out where they stand and stuff. So he like yeah. used a very insignificant comment um, to kind of pit Bailey and Devon against Danny and then to pit Danny against them, which is exactly what he thought was happening to him. Like he thought that Danny was doing that with Bailey and Devon versus him and then him versus Bailey and Devon, which wasn't the case. So Tyler just kind of got himself into a big old pickle. And yeah, and, and like he said, he was saying to them, like, why would you go and say that? Now it drags, not drags the name through the mud, but you know what he meant. Mm-hmm. And I think if he were to go to them and say something, no matter what it was, about something he didn't want getting out, he should make it clear to them. Yeah, exactly. He went, like, hey, you need to make a disclaimer. You no, know, blah, blah, blah. He should have been like, hey, I think you should, like, not try to tell them what to do, but hey, I want to let you know, I don't think anything's going to happen soon, but just keep this in the back of your mind in weeks to come. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. I think that's what he should have said, and I think he didn't really understand. Yeah, he didn't preface that, and he didn't go about it in the way that they could have been like, okay, it's not a threat at this moment, but keep it in my head for later on. Mm -hmm, For sure. Because I think if that didn't happen, she wouldn't have went after him as soon. Yeah, because now now we have Davon and Danny both wanting – to backdoor Tyler. This is when Nicole, Danny, and Davon kind of solidify wanting to work together moving forward, assuming that Davon stays in the house. And then Danny actually goes to Christmas about Tyler, not knowing that Christmas is in Tyler's final two. Um, but she goes to Christmas about Tyler and basically says, hey, I've been hearing some shady things. And then they show Christmas in the DR being like, well, I've been hearing shady things about Danny too, so I don't know who to trust. But at this point, I think Christmas was, Christmas was just happy to have that information going into the veto so mm-hmm. that she knew if the veto does for some reason get used, then she has other options. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I agree. So then they picked players for the veto competition. And of course, Christmas, Davon, and Bailey are all going to compete. 
and then Nicole, Danny, and Ian get chosen. However, Ian doesn't feel well, so he sits out of the veto. I was, like, kind of confused why they didn't pick a new player since it is done by random draw, but I guess, like, once they choose players, that's it, and if someone gets hurt or sick or whatever, then they just go along with whatever players they have left. Yeah. It was kind of weird, but I don't know. They just decided to leave Ian out because he wasn't medically cleared to play. Yeah, I don't – I thought they were going to pick someone else too, but I think they were kind of like, you know what? Maybe change the dynamic range. of the comp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is that racing math equation competition, which I would absolutely suck at if I oh, played. Same. I always um, do that fake start, and I'm like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And I think because I know that I would be really bad at figuring out the equations – quickly my strategy would be to not even pay the first few rounds not even pay attention to the um the math things but pay attention to everyone around me because if someone else runs first then i immediately run after them as long as i'm not the first one to fall start or the last one to hit my button then i'm fine So you can make it all the way to the final two people in the competition without actually having to do any of the equations in your head. Um, Then obviously when it comes down to the last two people, you kind of have to do a little bit of math. But if you just pay attention to the people around you rather than to the actual math, then there's, unless you royally screw up, yeah, unless you royally screw up, it's kind of a foolproof way to get a little bit further. Yeah. Unfortunately, both Davon and Bailey fall start right at the beginning, and I felt so bad. I was rooting Same. for them so hard, but it just didn't work out. We know that Christmas ended up winning the competition, but it was also one of those prize competitions where everybody goes away with something, whether it be a prize or a punishment. Yeah. So we had Christmas with the veto. We have Danny, who got a home gym and no have-nots for the rest of the season. Bailey got the triathlete punishment, um, which they never showed in the episode, which I thought was weird. I thought they were going to show it in last night's episode, I think episode, it's just because she just run on the treadmill or something? No, she had to ride a unicycle around in circles in the backyard. like five A unicycle? Or something. I mean, a, not a unicycle, a tricycle. <laughs> I was like, how the heck? <laughs> Triathlete. It was unicycle. a tricycle. Imagine if it was a unicycle. Oh my gosh. that I would die. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised they didn't show that because now they can't, they can't put it in the next episode because she's gone. But yeah, it was weird. Originally, Dave Vaughn had the Sloppy's Unitard punishment, and Nicole, when she got eliminated, got the 5K and gave it to Dave Vaughn, and I thought that was that very was sweet of her. That was absolutely wonderful. I mean, we all know that Nicole probably doesn't need the money, and it was just a very nice gesture on her part. It was very it sweet, and I, I feel like Nicole is very under, like, underrated for being kind in the game because everyone looks at her, oh, she's sneaky, she's in the game, she's annoying but i think she's a very nice person yeah i agree i think especially with davon she was very grateful from the beginning yeah she said you were the 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 one one vote i needed and Mm -hmm. you helped me and i think she looked at that as that was very respect like i I respect you yeah i appreciated that it was very nice to see i feel like it was very nice often especially during a uh, hectic week Mm -hmm, for sure and knowing that they're both probably bummed that they didn't get the veto 
So it seems like Davon and Bailey's fate is sealed at this point because Christmas has the veto. She put them up. So there's pretty much no chance that they're going to be able to make anything work because it didn't seem like Christmas was in the mood to backdoor anyone. But then we see that Tyler is clearly struggling. He doesn't want to be in the house anymore. He doesn't feel good physically. He doesn't feel good mentally. He wants to go home. And this is his last week to do so because if he stays one more week, he's locked into jury. And he's also feeling very guilty, I think. I think his original season made him feel just like negative towards the game of Big Brother. Yeah. He doesn't like being praised for being like a liar or deceptive or any of that I don't kind of blame stuff. Him. Yeah, and it was like eating away at him, I think. So he decides to go to Davon and Bailey. He apologizes. He cries to them. He basically tells them he's going to ask Christmas to use the veto and put him up. He's also saying, you guys are standing for something bigger than I am. Like, I want to be a part of that story. I don't want to be the reason that you guys are going home. Like, I know I kind of fucked up your game and all this stuff. And I appreciate that from Tyler because I do think he was being genuine. I think he was very genuine. Yes. However, his biggest mistake was giving them this hope without going to Christmas first. Exactly. I really was disappointed that he gave them this little, like it almost felt like they just gave him this little miracle on a gold platter that they were both going to stay in the game. And it's a good thing that they know how Big Brother works because they were like, we're shocked, but we're not going to get our hopes up. Um, and it's a good thing they didn't because obviously it didn't go their way. But I do think Tyler was being genuine. I just think he went about it the wrong way. I think he was just so pre, like, so focused on, I need to apologize. I need to have a talk with them because I feel bad. And I think it was weighing on his conscience so much that it would have made him feel better to go talk to them and make them fully understand where he was coming from. Mm-hmm. And I think that was very sweet of him. I can't blame him for not going to Christmas first. I think once you think about it in the long run, yeah, it would have made more sense and would have mm-hmm. been probably a better situation, a better outcome. But also but, when you're asking to go home, you assume the HOH is probably just going to send you out. Exactly. because No blood on their hands. They, you're doing them a favor. Mm-hmm. But I think it also kind of put the blame, not intentionally on Tyler's part, but it also made it seem like it was all Christmas's doing. Mm-hmm. Which it kind of was, but it wasn't at the same time. Like, it was. Don't get me wrong. But, like, Tyler can't assume that someone else is going to do that. Right. I don't think he thought of that. Exactly. And it's not his fault. You just sometimes – there's so many things to think about, and you just miss a couple. But I think he was very genuine in what he was talking about with Bailey and Devon. And no, I feel I bad agree. it didn't work out. Yeah, I agree. Um, unfortunately, in the episode, they kind of spun it to make it look like Devon fucked it up. Yeah, oh my gosh, I hated it. It was so annoying. So they they used the the very brief clip of her saying that Bailey wants Tyler's head on a platter or whatever. And like that's not maybe not the the best choice of comments or things to say on her part, but at the same time, that is not the reason why Christmas chose not to nominate Tyler. Like maybe it was a factor, but they really made it look like she it was all Bailey and Devon's fault for getting yeah, And the bottom line is she wanted stuck. her gone. Yeah. She so, wanted a duo split up because it wasn't – she was afraid they were going to come after her. She already did it, the deed, put her on, put them on the block together. Yeah, so, it was, it was yeah. just a really poor edit, I, I thought. I mean – I thought it was a very bad edit, and I think it's 
difficult to edit so much that went on because we both watched the live feeds. Oh, yeah. Very Aside from that, I felt like it, they did a really good job editing it and making the story make sense and actually yes. flow the way it did in the game. But that one little piece. That one just, little section. Of, they kind of drove that home too hard. So They made it seem like that was the sole thing mm-hmm. that put the, the nail in the coffin. Yeah. I was, talk- I was actually getting in an argument with my mom about it because – she thought that Bailey and Dave, she thought Bailey mostly didn't handle it right. And I go, I think Bailey handled it with grace. Like, mm-hmm. I think Bailey did great. Bailey and Davon both, in my opinion, handled it swimmingly. And if Davon didn't start yelling at the end of the night, I think it would have made Christmas look like, oh my gosh, this girl's going a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but. So unfortunately, Christmas decides not to use the veto um they also weirdly did not show their veto speeches because usually you give a speech saying like why the person should use the veto on you they didn't show that um but they did show bailey being like so can we say who your untouchable is and chris was just like no and that felt really strange because they didn't show the speeches because i'm assuming bailey's speech alluded to something like that um that was kind of weird but then in thursday's episode it's a little bit more somber because we find out that cody's grandfather has passed away and that's one of those those times when they're in the house where it really just brings you straight back to reality Mm -hmm. and i felt so bad for cody i could not imagine like having to be in that house finding out that someone in your family on the outside has passed away you can't communicate with your family at all um you don't get to see them you don't get to hug them like your your mind must be swirling and like he probably knows that his family would want him to continue on yeah in big brother but at the same time there's always that like feeling in the back of your mind like should i go home or should i stay yeah. here yeah it was very sad especially seeing him like break down in the diary room it was mm-hmm. just so upsetting like i cried it was so yeah. sad and i also like kind of I, I get that like it makes for good tv or whatever to see like grown men cry but at the same time i was like really like let him have his moment like we don't need to watch him cry on live television because you think it's gonna get you ratings so that was kind of annoying but um the house guests rallied around him and i am sending my condolences to cody and his family Mm. for sure they um i guess his grandfather was sick for a long time i think they said like for the past year he's been struggling i think it may have been cancer. Yeah. Um, so he, they, they kind of knew it was coming, but at the same time, like I think Cody was just holding out some hope that he would have at least a couple more months once he got out of the house with them. Yeah. That was I thought very it was, sad. I thought it was also very sweet that Tyler went up to him afterwards. And mm-hmm. he was, are you okay? Like, he's like, what are you doing? And then he gave him a hug. I thought it was very sweet. Yeah, it was. Um, it always shows that the house guests really – at the end of the day, like they're all people and they're there to support each other. So that was nice. So then switching gears a little bit, we get to the fight and it's basically Christmas just being, it started out because Christmas was in the bathroom talking shit. She was mad that Bailey was upset about being, being up on the block or whatever. Yeah. So this begins the fight and I, and I know everybody's seen it. So you guys all know what, what happened during the fight. There are two things, however, they did not show, and I really wish they did because it would shed a lot of light on how this really much, happened. Yeah, how much Christmas gaslighted them 
the yeah. entire week and how much she kind of tried to spin things. To- she provokes people and she instigates mm-hmm. and then she gets, she doesn't understand how things could be turned on her. Like, yeah, she, like that. she says she's not playing personal, but she kind of is. Yes. And like, you can't be mad at someone for being upset. But the main thing that bugged me was we know from the beginning, Christmas had no intention of using the veto, regardless of if it was a back door, if it was Tyler wanting to go home, what have you. She yeah, had no intention. Yeah, she had no intention of using it. However, during this conversation with Devon, at one point she says, um, well, if things had gone differently, then we might be having a different conversation right now. And Devon's like, what do you mean by that? And she's like, well, if Bailey named Tyler in her um, veto speech, like her plea to stay, and if Tyler held a house meeting prior saying the plan and what he wanted to happen, then maybe I would have sent him home. And Davon was like, okay, great. That's fair. Did you tell them they needed to do that stuff in order for this to happen? And she said, no, that's not my job. If he had had the house meeting and she had had her speech and dropped his name, this might be a different conversation. But I can't guarantee that that's going to happen because this is Big Brother and who knows what's going to do, what's going to happen between those two seconds of coming off the block and going back into like a house meeting. It didn't happen beforehand. And unless I see it. Did you tell him that he needed to do it before? That's not my, that's not my dictation. I just asked you a question. No, I didn't know you wanted to have a house meeting. Beforehand. That wasn't discussed with me. Okay. It's not, it's also not my responsibility to iron out the logistics of how this is going to go. I just asked the question. So Christmas, you yeah. cannot you cannot put stipulations in place in order for plans to happen, and then not and tell anyone what things you want to take action on. Yeah, but then not tell anyone that those are requirements for you to do certain things. Like you can't say, "Well, Bailey needed to do this, and Tyler needed to do this." Say, you in can't order for me to assume that people can read your mind. Right? No one can read your mind. So don't t- and don't say this after the fact to try to make yourself look good. Because you didn't tell anyone this prior to, so don't then come up with this grand scheme in your head that you're going to say, well, if this person did this and like, she's just trying to deflect the blame to other people. Yes, exactly. Take the heat, own what you've done, and then let's move on. Yeah, like, like there's one thing if one person is just really rude about stuff, but it's a whole other thing when you're trying to lie and manipulate and try to like deny what you do. Mm -hmm. Like, like going back to BB2, like Will. He goes, yeah, I do this. He you owns lie, up cheat, and it. steal. I lie, cheat, and steal to win. And he said it from the beginning. He said, listen, like, I'm lying. Like, I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing for people to lie about that and kind of just deny, deny, deny. It's especially annoying because Christmas says how she plays the game with integrity and she's yeah. loyal and that she... Um, like, she, she named her fucking kid loyal. And she's over here on this... TV show, live, yeah. national television, screwing people over. So I don't know. I don't know what that says about her, but she, yeah, she just pissed me off this episode and I really don't want to see her for much longer in the house. Me, I will me. say, I was hoping that Devon was going to do her eviction speech a little bit differently. Unfortunately, by the time the eviction came around, um, they had all kind of like mended fences, I think, but she right after the fight happened or shortly after the fight happened and i'll see if i can find it and insert the audio but davon was in the bathroom telling i think it was like enzo bailey and ian 
of what her eviction speech was going to be. And she was basically like trashing on Christmas the whole time. But instead of saying Christmas, she was replacing Christmas with other holidays. I can't wait. Like, I'm coming after New Year's Eve because it's a problem. <laughs> I was sitting there minding my business and Valentine's Day decided to bring her out and start talking to me. And I'm going to tell y'all something else. If you leave me in this house, my number one target is St. Patrick's Day because, <laughs> because she asked for a parade and she's going to get it. Exactly. Like, that's and it. Congratulations to everybody in this house because that'll be my only target. I'm going after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and here we go. And that's a wrap. And that's a wrap. It's, that's a wrap. Merry Christmas. There we go. <laughs> it's kind of funny. so funny. I was cracking up laughing. I didn't see any of their speeches. They did the um, eviction speeches. They just didn't do the power of veto speeches. And obviously we don't get to see those because they're not on feeds, but we know they happened because during that fight with Christmas, Christmas basically said to Devon, well, if Bailey had, because Bailey... I guess, said in her POV speech that there was potentially some plan to put someone up, but she didn't name Tyler specifically. And that was one of the reasons that Christmas gave for not putting Tyler up there, even though she never told anyone that that was a rule. Yeah. So we know the speeches happened. They just didn't show them in the episode, probably because they had so much other stuff to cover. Exactly, yeah. But of course, there was a unanimous vote to evict Bailey, unfortunately. And... Like you said, I was pleasantly surprised by Bailey this season. I wasn't unhappy to see her in the house, but I also, she wasn't the one I was most excited about, but I found myself rooting for her. And all I have to say is she's going out out of the house to a brand new Tesla that Swaggy bought her. So she's doing just fine. Right. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but he's been tweeting all about how he bought her a brand new Tesla and all this stuff. So I think they're very sweet together though. They seem Mm -hmm. to just be doing well so i'm happy for them yeah for sure it also kind of seemed like bailey was campaigning to not necessarily to go home but campaigning for davon to stay that's very sweet yeah she gave, no matter what um, friend does it for the other person i think it's very sweet yeah there was a there was a uh, moment that i watched between bailey and memphis where she was kind of giving me memphis her pitch and she said something like um, I can't I can't campaign against Avon. What I will say is if you keep me, I will be very, very grateful and I will put my like like fighting gloves on. I'll be ready to fight, I'll be ready to play, and I'll be ready to win. However, if you send me home, I've told you this before, I live a life of luxury. I am I don't need this money. Um, Devon does. She and then she went on to say something like, There's also it's also very clear that. I am an emotional jury member. Tyler um, probably would have won Big Brother if it weren't for me because I went into the jury house and I didn't vote for him and Better. I told everyone else not to vote for him. So she's like, I am an emotional jury member. Devon, however, went into the jury house and voted for the person that fucked her over and she gave Nicole the chance to win $500,000. So yeah. it it sounded like in a roundabout way she was kind of campaigning for Devon and not necessarily for herself so that was very very nice of her it was very nice of her and I was telling I was saying from the beginning that I think that Devon would be a good big sister to Bailey mm-hmm. like a big yeah, the two of them have like the best relationship it's very like. very wonderful friendship and I think Bailey and De- both Devon and Bailey needed that yeah. And I sure. think I'm very happy they were there for each other and that they got so close. And I hope it continues outside of the house. Yeah. And it seems like it will. I mean, they both yeah. made 
really awesome eviction speeches, just kind of like praising each other. And usually I'm not one for like the eviction speeches that are like mushy gushy. Like I want to see you throw some people under the bus. Yeah. But at the same time, it was nice to see them get their, their t- like their screen time almost to show how much they grew in their friendship. And Davon also used some of that time to shout out Black Lives Matter and Breonna Taylor mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So they used their time wisely, which I appreciated. Yes, agreed. Then, of course, we get to the HOH competition, and it is the power trip wall comp. And before it starts, Julie breaks the news to them that no one is coming back in the house, which kind of fakes them out a little bit. And Devon looked so sad because I think she thought for a split second there was a chance that, like, maybe Bailey could fight her way back in. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case, but we all knew that Julie was just trolling them for a second there. Oh, first Kaser. Now then. I know. Oh my God. When she faked out Kaser, I felt so bad. Um, but it seemed like he was glad that yeah. what she's saying wasn't true because I don't think he wanted to go back in. God, no. I don't think he did either. So that is everything that happened during the week. If you don't want spoilers, then you can jump off now, but everyone else can stick around. Obviously, the competition was on feeds, as most endurance comps are. And we know that, unfortunately, Davon dropped in like the, within like the first 10 minutes. And I was so upset. Same. I, I feel like hope was like lost. I know. I was so sad. Not completely, though. We had Ian. We had Ian for a little bit. And then all of and a sudden, then... <laughs> there he goes. I mean, he lasted a good while. So. It was immediately after you texted me. Oh, yeah. You were like, oh, I just want Ian to it. I go, me too. Right after I sent that. He was like, oh, F me. And he yep. fell. And there he goes, tumbling down. Oh, oh, poor Ian. Obviously, we know Danny wins the competition. And then in next week's episode, we'll talk a little bit more about the HOH and our predictions for what she's going to yeah. do. But I think there's some potential for her to shake up the game because oh, I don't definitely. think that her alliances are super set in stone right now. Exactly. Could be wrong, but who knows? Exactly. Agreed. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. To join in on the discussion, use the hashtag #OBrotherPodcast on social media, and you can find me at It's Me Breely everywhere. And you can find me at Christina Jascott. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. See you later.